0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hello there and welcome to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast with me, Rich Ferraro, and welcome to This week's Friday Five on Friday the 29th of December. It's our last Friday Five of the year. We'll be back with our match report from Man United over the weekend. And then, hey presto, it's a new year, so I'm sure we'll have plenty of transfer dealings and things like that to talk about. In just a minute, I'm going to be joined by the Maradona in the Midlands. Uh, we were going to be joined by Ellie today as well. Unfortunately, she cannot make it. So get well soon to you, Ellie. Um, and before we do anything else, let's hear the latest roundup from the 1865 news desk.
3: Hi, this is Jamie Martin with your top five forest stories from the 1865 news desk. Now, the headline to this week's news. Nuno has seen his first win as Nottingham Forest head coach. After taking over at the club just over a week ago, Nuno Espirito Santo has achieved his first win as head coach at Nottingham Forest. BT Newcastle United by three goals to one at St James's Park only a handful of clubs have managed to do so in the last 20 months now after conceding an early and rather controversial penalty which Isak hit well to open the scoring Forrest did come back equalising before half time scoring two in the second half also all three of those scored by Chris Wood um, former Newcastle United player who is quite literally in the form of his life Nuno's start has consisted with a loss and a win five goals scored and four goals conceded not a bad return given certain circumstances. Now, Nottingham Forest have made an official complaint after a disaster class of refereeing during the Forest vs Bournemouth game. Now, Nottingham Forest submitted the complaint to the PGMO recently, the body in charge of refereeing games in English football, after significant failings during the Reds' loss to Bournemouth last week. In the fixture refereed by Rob Jones, Forest had a defender sent off in Willy Bolly after a second yellow card, one which Howard Webb, head of the PGMOL, said was the wrong decision. Bolly's first yellow was fair, taking his man out completely after running past the halfway line. However, the second yellow was two fair tackles with Adam Smith lunging to convince Jones of a horror tackle. It was the opposite. Bolly missed the Newcastle game through suspension as a result. Following this, Howard Webb called Forest head coach Nuno to apologise for the incident. Nuno responded in a press statement saying that after such a phone call, the club must move forward. Jones was recently the fourth official in Manchester United's win to Aston Villa. No further action as of yet. Now, in other news, club captain Joe Worrell has returned to the Nottingham Forest squad after a ban. After weeks of reported individual training exercises away from the first team, Joe Worrell not only returned to first team training, but also to football on the pitch on match day. Worrell's cameo came in the form of a 90th minute substitution, replacing Anthony Alanger to get his first minutes for over two months. The last time that Joe Worrell featured in a Nottingham Forest squad was against Liverpool in late October. Since then, it was noted that his relationship with former boss Steve Cooper has significantly broken down. Nuno has given Worrell a second chance, it seems. Now, some squad news for the Manchester United game. Ibrahim Sangare will miss the game against Man United through suspension. After only recently returning to first-team training and football after a stint with a groin-related injury, Ibrahim Sangare has found himself suspended for Nottingham Forest Clash against Manchester United this weekend. The reason for Sangare's suspension was due to being penalised with his fifth yellow card of the season, which means, by the rules, he has to miss a game through means of a yellow card suspension, having surpassed the threshold of yellow cards allowed within 32 games. Sangari signed for Nottingham Forest in a deal believed to be worth over thirty million in the summer from Urdovisi side PSV Eindhoven. To date, he has eleven appearances in the Garibaldi red. And lastly, Gustavo Scarpa heads back to Brazil after unfortunate Forest move. Arriving with much promise, Gustavo Scarpa was once tipped to shine in the Garibaldi red, but instead found himself struggling for game time and loaned out. With the player and club now agreeing to a permanent exit. After nearly a year at Nottingham Forest, arriving for free from Palmeiras last January, Scarpa made just six appearances for Forest before being loaned to Olympiacos in the summer. Despite his accolades in Brazil and hope of a Premier League revolution, Scarpa joins Atletico Mineiro in January back in his homeland for a fee of £5 million. A sad end to a story with lots of hope, but financially a beneficial deal for all sides. Now, that's the latest from the 1865 News Desk. I'm Jamie Martin. Be sure to catch up with me on social media via at I'm Jamie Martin on Twitter, or it's, as it's known now, X. Updates on Nottingham Forest-related news throughout the week. Take care and Happy New Year. Thank you very
2: much to Jamie, and uh, we hope that you feel uh, feel better soon. Uh, obviously, you've got a little bit of a, a, bit of a sore throat there, so... Uh, do, do do get better soon, Jamie. Um, Married on the Midlands, let's go through some of those stories in turn. And the first thing that we saw, uh, heard Jamie talking about rather, is just to go back over the Newcastle victory, which was a fine moment for Nuno Espirito Santo in only his second game in charge.
4: Yep, yeah, uh, completely unexpected. Um, could describe it as a Christmas miracle, I suppose. Um, a
2: Chris Wood miracle.
4: Chris Wood miracle the miracle of Chris Wood turning into Lionel Messi mm-hmm. you know what he wished for over christmas don't we also. wow
2: quite
4: yeah um yeah so an absolute bonus and uh, a late christmas present and all those sorts of things
2: yeah yeah uh, and and, and take, leaving aside all the assorted clichés uh, just something that i would i would ask you i mean we did discuss it um uh, if you want to go back uh listeners and and catch our match report then George and I had a good old chat about the game and we you know we did come to the conclusion that yeah it's a good time to be to be playing newcastle although their problems aren't our problems as it were. we saw players coming in who maybe hadn't played much um most notably montiel in my opinion and um and and it worked out and and crucially it showed signs that uh, that firstly there was a game plan in place. Not to say that Cooper didn't have a game plan, but this one really ruthlessly exploited Newcastle's um, failings. And the other thing being that, as so often happens, new head coach comes in and it creates a clean slate for players like Montiel and even the club captain, Joe Worrell, who we'll come on to in a little while.
4: Yeah, um, Monty, I agree that Montiel was amazing. you yeah, couldn't really tell you he'd not played for months. Um, his only previous starts were, well, the only previous start was, I think, the game against Burnley when he was absolutely terrible. But he had redeemed himself in the uh, Crystal Palace away game, where he looked very good as well. Uh, it was a bit unfortunate to pick up an injury after that on international duty. Um, but yeah, a clean slate. And then pe- people like... and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I saw the uh, uh, the team lineup before the game, and I thought we had no chance, because I thought we, we looked defensively really weak. Um, and... Um, I thought without without Yates there, without Mangala there to protect the defence, um, I thought they'd they'd get at it quite easily and, and score quite a few goals. But so all credit to the players; they they rode out the early Newcastle storm, and um, and pulled the result out of the bag. It was brilliant work from all, from all concerned.
2: And uh, just lastly, on this particular topic, um, I had this same conversation with George as part of our match report. And you can see a clip of that on our social media if you go on to uh, Twitter slash X or Instagram or threads. It may even be on Facebook um, for those of you who are still looking there. Um, but we did have a little chat about the fact that it was a combination of new manager bounce, uh, a, a forward going back to haunt his old club, all of those different factors. Do you think that this is a flash in the pan? Or do you think that Forrest can continue that form against Man United before the cup match and the little break to regroup?
4: Um, well, I think it depends on which Manchester United turn up on Saturday. If it's the one that played during the first half um the other night against Villa, we, we've got every chance of beating him. If he's the one that turned up in the second half, I think we're going to have a, a tough job on our hands because then they had world-class players playing brilliantly well um, and it's really hard to contain that. Um, if Rashford sort of got his head right and running at our defence, we, we saw last season we couldn't really cope with him. Um and Garnaccio looked pretty good as well on on, on the other night, and, and so did uh, Bruno Fernandes when he wasn't moaning. Um, so it will be a really tough ask, um, but I think players will have taken a lot of confidence out of um, the uh, victory at Newcastle, and I think you just you just that change of mindset from losing every week and not winning, and just being sort of proving to themselves that they can score go- score goals again and and grind out a victory. Sometimes that's all you need is a turning point. And a Christmas fixture um, at home against Manchester United. It's got all the makings of a, of a, of a good night for us, I hope.
2: Mm. And uh, I will just throw in there that um, I'd rather have a low block than a high line. So uh, that's that's just my two penneth on it. Naturally, as I said earlier, we will have a report on that match, which will be in your feed on Sunday. Right, let's move on to the next story that Jamie brought us, which is Going back to uh, Nuno's first game, there was the complaint that Forrest are making to Pogmol about the rather ludicrous decision to send off Willy Bolly. I think there was consensus in amongst all of the footballing world that Rob Jones got it wrong there was also quite lots of sympathy for the handball decision that wasn't although that was less clear cut and as we predicted Howard Webb did call up the head coach to apologize um now some people maradona do say well what's the point in the head co- in um, the referee um head calling up managers and clubs to apologize it doesn't change anything um but we did also see on boxing day what a difference a good referee can make?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's anybody can have a bad day. I, I, I don't I haven't followed Rob Jones's career enough to know whether he's a terrible referee every every game. Um, so anybody can make a mistake. I was well, I'm always a little bit troubled when when we put in a complaint about referees because that suggests uh, that they're doing it deliberately, and there's no suggestion that there's any sort of bias involved or collusion.
2: Even though they complained after the Man United match, and that's the second time in a season—well, in, in in half a season—that they've complained about the same ref.
4: Yeah, but there's there's no proof that there's a, there's any any sort of on, anything untoward going on. Is well, it's just huge, but I'm, ju- I'm just gonna I'm just gonna. Making- throw-
2: yeah, I'm yep. just going to throw it in there, though. I don't think I don't think anyone's claiming. Well, apart from maybe a few people on on social media, but I don't think anyone's claiming corruption. I think people are claiming incompetence. And be, bearing in mind that a ref's job is very hard, the laws are getting more and more complicated. VAR adds another dimension, and therefore you need to be having the best people operating at the best level on a consistent basis. And if that's twice in a season so far that Forest have. Made a complaint against the same ref, then that suggests that maybe there's an issue with that person's maybe not competence, but certainly consistency in decision making.
4: Maybe, um, but I don't know. I, I I don't know what you can do about it though. Whereas, uh, as long as those sort of human beings were involved, well, you're going to have mistakes. I, I did the thought has occurred to me. I mean, you know, I hate bar, but I think it might be worth. sorry, excuse me, uh, persisting with bar because on the other end of that, I think the natural evolution is AI refereeing, when there Mm -hmm. won't be any humans involved, and it will be done by cameras and computers. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to handle handball any better. Mm. But uh, um, until that happens, we're stuck with uh, humans, I'm afraid.
2: Well, yes, and and that's the common denominator, isn't it? Is uh, humans make mistakes, no matter what systems you've got in place. Um, even in the world of AI, um, then I would still say, you know, it's a human factor that's the one that's the most vulnerable. Anyway, um, let's move on from there. I think you know you you've covered the a, a very important point, which is that uh, making complaints about individual referees can just leave leave can make things more muddy than they were before. We'll be back in just a minute and we will talk about some of the other stories that Jamie brought to us.
4: You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Gorris
0: Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chobacasino.com.
2: Here's the season for festive football. And what's the best way to watch it? Down at your local Green King Sports pub, of course. After all, Christmas is a time to catch up with friends old and new. So get down to your local for a refreshing pint, some delicious food and live action of every Christmas cracker. Every fixture from TNT, Sky and Amazon is live at Green King Sports, which is wall-to-wall action on the giant HD screens. And you can watch every winning goal, top bins volley, and one of many dodgy VAR decisions that we will be seeing over the Christmas period. Download the Green King Sport app, and you will receive ten percent off drinks every single time they're sport on the telly. And what's more, you'll be supporting us here at eighteen sixty five, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Now it's back to the Friday Five. Welcome back to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. And this is the Friday Five on the 29th of December, 2023. Now, Married on the Midlands, in part one, we heard Jamie bringing us the stories that we've already discussed, which is the win away at Newcastle and the complaint to Pogmol. Um, And the next two stories are ones that are relevant to what we've talked about already. Firstly, the return of Joe Worrell. Were you surprised to see him on the bench and making an appearance as a sub against Newcastle?
4: Um, not particularly. I, I think as soon as Steve Cooper left, I suppose that that problem that they had with selecting him has disappeared. I, I don't know for certain what what happened between him and Steve Cooper. It appears to be some sort of falling out, and the manager in that case has to uh, assert his authority on the club and the dressing room, and and unfortunately, that's that's always going to be the case you see a, a more high profile version of that at Manchester United with Jadon Sancho. Um so yeah with especially with Bolly being um suspended it made sense for Joe Wallace to come back into the uh, fold I guess.
2: And do you see a future for him um at Forest or do you reckon it's just a case of Nuno having a having a quick look taking the opportunity to play stoppage time with a back 5 just to see what that looks like with the pressure off. Um and and you know it, who knows what's going to happen. In January, I mean, Nuno himself has said the squad is too big. There will be changes, but he needs to look at everyone first.
4: Um, I don't know. I'm a bit conflicted by that because I think he is a good character to have in the squad. But I was very surprised to see him get a new contract at the beginning of the season after we brought in Murillo and uh, the guy from Norwich. Um, so on top of we had so many centre-halves in, in the club, I couldn't see where he would fit in. Um, so unless one or two of the older players start leaving, like Bolly and Felipe, uh, to open up more space for him, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave the club. Really, because um, I, I can't see him being a starting centre back.
2: Mm. Um, and of course, you know, your status as, as club captain doesn't count for much if there's better players ahead of you in the pecking order. I guess. And uh, just going going on 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 those lines. I mean, I guess the, the consensus seems to be that that new contract for Worrell was to, was to safeguard his value and, and prevent the kind of situation that Scott McKenna's in now, where McKenna's in the last year of his contract. It makes sense for the club to to sell him in January to get some fee back for him uh, and to prevent that contract running down. So that's, I'm assuming, why Worrell was given that new deal, plus the fact that he's got that status as the club captain.
4: Yeah, I mean but he seems to he seems to get a new contract fairly regularly though. I'm sure, sure he, his contract
2: last... was running out, I believe. I think it, okay. I, I can't Is remember
4: if his season out. Yeah, I'm sure he got one last season as well. But, but um maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I suppose to protect his value. But I, I don't know the sort of clubs that are gonna come in for him aren't gonna be willing to pay massive transfer fees, I don't think. I think the the only the only way we were gonna get a big fee for him was when um, Sean Dyche was manager of Burnley, and he was willing to pay a load of money because he was perfect for Burnley. Maybe he could go to Everton, but they're a bit skint. So I don't know if Championship clubs are going to be able to walk out. The well, the like
2: uh, the latest news that I read just before we came on air and after Jamie had sent us his news bulletin is apparently there's a rumor that West Ham might be interested. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Oh, that's interesting, so. Isn't it? Yeah, let, let's move on from there. Let's talk about Sangare. Um, he came into the team. I'm, I I had my theory that uh, this was Nuno's chance to not only shake up the team selection, but also to have a look at some of those players um, who maybe have been on the periphery. And in addition to that, to rest some of the others who were going to need when AFCON comes around. So he gave Mangala a chance to have a rest, for example. Now, Sangare came in. He had what I think is probably the best performance I've seen from him in, in a red shirt uh but he also picked up his fifth yellow card of the season so he will miss that match against man united uh tomorrow so um any any thoughts on sangare's worth and his value as a forest player
4: um well i think when he came in the thought was that he he was a sort of a missing piece of the jigsaw type of player to sort of propellers um to go forwards but there there were sort of scouting reports around, articles around at the time that that highlighted some of his uh, deficiencies as a player. I think we've seen those um, now. I I remember watching, just before we signed for us, watched uh, PSV play against Rangers and you saw the best and the worst of him on that night. Um, He gave the ball away on the edge of his box, um, straight to Rangers and they went on and scored. But then he scored a brilliant goal as well at the other end. Um, So he's he's. It's just that he's missing that sort of level of consistency that's required for the very top players. Um, he can be a, 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 an invaluable squad member for us, um, and he does offer that sort of bit of quality when he's on his game. But when he, when he's not on his game, we've seen that he's, he's, um, he can be a liability as well.
2: <laughs> but I'll say do you think his selection the other day was knowing that he's going to be going to AFCON and therefore we're going to we're going to need the Mangalas and the um, Nilo's and Yateses to be able to be fit to fill the midfield berths?
4: Yeah, a little bit. I think I think the fact that they played sort of 90 minutes with well, 70 minutes with 10 men um would have would have been a factor as well. Um, and, and obviously, I think he wants to have a look at him, look at him as well um, in, in match action. So all those things combined, I think, made him an, a pretty obvious choice for that match. I think.
2: And, and just, just quickly, I mean, we've seen Mangala be yeah, arguably Forrest's best player this season. He's he's looked really at home playing in that sort of. Uh, midfield pivot role he's always willing to receive the ball which is something I really like particularly with midfielders always willing to receive the ball and and um, you know to act as that extra um, extra layer I suppose now if we're going to 4 I guess it does open up the possibility that Mangala and Sangare could play together but do you think Mangala's form has partly been because of adding Ibrahim Sangare to the squad?
4: Um, no I think he. If- we started, started to see the best of him towards the end of last season as well. Um, and so I think it just took a bit of time for him to sort of get used to playing in the Premier League and the pace fit and everything. Um, the first few months of last season, I remember him and I warn you, we were both struggling, but it was a, it was a big change sort of coming into the Premier League, and into a, a new team in the Premier League where everybody was sort of getting to know each other. But he's, he's gradually improved all the way through last season and he's continued that improvement this season. And there's no reason why he, he shouldn't, be a good player he's got good technique he's strong and he can uh, pass the ball around as well so yeah there's, he's got everything that's required to be uh, uh, a central midfielder in the Premier League
2: and that potentially could be the success story that Ibrahim Sangare looks to um, Nico Dominguez another one started off really well in his first few matches went off the boil he came on as a sub the other day and uh, and fingers crossed he can contribute something um, over the next, uh, next uh, few months don't you think?
4: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, he, he looked like a, a a decent signing initially, didn't he? And then, but, but I mean, that everybody who played that night at Fulham's going to be tired of that performance. So that, that that's that's sort of the lasting memory at the moment for a lot of players um, and their performances. So he's he's just got to get his confidence going again and sort of get playing maybe new coaches, a uh, slightly different way of playing. It's just getting getting all of those midfields, him, Yates. Sangare, Origi, uh, Kuyate into those two positions. Because uh, if, if we're going to play with Gibbs White, either we've got to play with three at the back or we've got to play four at the back and, and three behind the striker. So um, I can't, two, two of them are always going to be disappointed out of the five of them. So it's, it's going to be tough to juggle juggle that for the rest of the season. But, you know, that you get, you get injuries, you get suspensions and there's AFCON coming up as well, which will help. Um, But, yeah, there's every chance for him still to be a a really valuable member of the squad.
2: Hmm. And it's quite interesting that uh, when Dominguez did come on, it was with a slight formational change. He came on for Hudson-Odoi and Forrest went from being 4-2-3-1 to being a sort of 4-5-1 or 4-1-4-1. So, Dominguez covered the left-hand side of midfield, but without really playing as a winger. He was just uh, offering that little bit of security. Anyway, right, let's move on to the final story that Jamie brought us. And that is Gustavo Scarpa. A year after joining us, well, he's gone back to Brazil. And in many ways, I think it's a bit of a shame. Yes, he was very, very charismatic. A great guy. He seemed to be, um, you know, someone who the fans could easily engage with. But someone who had clearly had great talent, but couldn't really realise it in the Premier League, could he? We, we were in a big scrap, and he wasn't necessarily the player for a scrap last season, was he?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think I thought he was starting to impress when when he sort of dropped out of the team. I think I remember I was at the I think it was a Crystal Palace game, and the sort of the, the immediate assumption was that because he came from Brazil and he's a slight figure, he he'll find it pr- tough in the Premier League um to sort of scrap and do those sort of things and work hard. But he was he was getting his foot in, he was tackling, he was working hard. So I was really surprised when when he dropped out of the team after that. I think the major problem was that there's only one position in the team where he could play and that really that was that was a Gibbs White position. Steve Cooper wouldn't have been willing to sort of risk both of them, I don't think, in the midfield because we, we were so defensively poor at the beginning of last season. We we had to make it more of a, a difficult prospect for the opposition to play again. So he was never going to get that chance in the team with Gibbs White and because Gibbs White was playing so well um, he he really didn't get a chance. The surprise is that he hasn't played more in Greece because that is a, a lower level of football. But again I think they've got a number of um, sort of creative wish, uh, number 10 style midfields. Um, Carvalho's there for one as well. So I think I saw both of them One catch the odd European game um, this season against West Ham. I think both of them are sitting there on the bench. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a shame because, I mean, to be the player of the season in Brazil, it obviously takes some ability and some talent. It just may be a victim of our, our um, inconsistent recruitment policy again where we're un- by the joint, there's no joined up thinking between the coach and... And the recruitment team asking whether him whether we actually need a player like that, not before bringing him in.
2: Yeah, I was going to I was going to go straight on to that. I mean, there's. It was is clear that he wasn't a Cooper signing, wasn't it? And I think that's that's something whereby Cooper says he wants the right kind of characters. And um Bowser's joked, and I think you've joked in the past as well, that you know, seeing someone who's going around skateboarding and and all that kind of stuff, they're like as a as a coach, you're kind of going, No, that's a broken ankle waiting to happen and and, and so on and so forth. Um worth pointing out though that Scarpa did have a significant role to play um, in the dressing room because obviously he was translating for the Danilos and Felipe's of this world. So, um, you know, it, that's not worth paying someone lots and lots of money <laughs> to come and play football for though, is it?
4: No, I think, I think you can get cheaper translators. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think- and, and now, of course, Nuno speaks Portuguese, you know, he's Portuguese speaking anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so I think that, that, that um, solves that problem. Um just, worth pointing out that Scarpa has gone for what's assumed to be between four and five million pounds, depending upon which stories you read. Um, that means that we're making profit on a player who we signed for nothing, doesn't it?
4: It does. Yeah. Um, obviously we've, we've spent a lot of money on his wages in that time, but yeah, in the in sort of black and white transfer fees, we made a profit, which all helps with FFP, I guess.
2: And last thing on this particular topic is, um, it's a broader conversation and one that I think we might well come back to when we have our roundup of the year. Um, but the whole thing about Forrest's transfer policy over the last few years, we've seen a huge volume of players in and out. Now, because Scarpa is a character and he is quite happy to do interviews and everything, we know that when he moved over to Nottingham, he moved over with his heavily pregnant wife, who didn't speak fluent English. So it's a big move for her. Baby Scarpa was born in Nottingham. And then not long after that, he lost his place in the team. And then he was sent over to Greece. And now he's been sent back to Brazil. Just on a human level, there's something there that doesn't quite sit right with me. How do you feel, Maradona?
4: Um, I don't know. There's plenty of people have to move around for uh, their work and it's. it's don't, they don't make it anywhere near as much money or have anywhere uh, little work to do as a footballer. So I don't have that much sympathy for him, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not like he's been sent to Qatar to make a, state, a football stadium. I'm getting paid $10 a week.
2: Well, yes, um, and, and nor has he gone to Saudi to um, earn millions of of pounds um, and try and claim that he's doing it as an ambassador for LGBT, LGBTQ plus people, hey Jordan. Um, anyway, that's a whole other topic of conversation. I'm going to say thank you very much to Jamie Martin for providing us with the 1865 News Roundup. I'm going to say thank you to the Maradon in the Midlands and once again, get well soon to Ellie. We will be back in your podcast feed on Sunday when we will have a report on Forest. Home game against Manchester United. We hope you're enjoying your betwixtmas and say thank you very much for listening to 1865.
4: Podcast Network.
0: 18 plus.